For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to John Ewing, the PR data analyst for BetMGM, about, you guessed it, the March Madness Tournament. It's been a year. I guess it's been two years since we got the March Madness Tourney, and it's one of the most exciting weekends in all of sports, at least the opening weekend, and especially when it comes to gambling. Lots of things to talk about as far as the number one team in the country, Gonzaga Bulldogs, the number one seed in the March Madness Tournament, also undefeated at 26-0 and as they cruise into the tournament. Some teams had to miss their conference tournaments like Virginia due to COVID. COVID issues. Other teams had to drop out of their conference tournaments and also some teams missing some big players a la Michigan, who's a number one seed in that East region. That's a team we should pay attention to as we get into the tournament. But we'll talk some gambling. We'll talk some picks, trends, betting and odds with John Ewing, who joins me next. It's Wednesday, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. It is my pleasure now to welcome John Ewing to the podcast. He's the PR data analyst for BetMGM. But really, we just want to talk some college basketball, man. We've been we've been sort of starved for this. And, and John, I guess I'll open it up by saying I think a lot of people, especially those who are into betting, this is maybe their favorite time of the year, maybe outside of the start of, of the NFL season or college football. But this is like, this is the smorgasbord, man. We didn't get this last year. How you feeling cruising into March Madness? Are you chomping at the bit? Yeah, I, I think you hit it right there. I mean, we had to wait a whole extra year. We were so close to the tournament, and then – you know, COVID obviously wiped that out. So, so much pent up excitement. I can't wait for the tournament to tip. I'm thrilled about it. And of course, we get going tomorrow with the first four. That should be a, an absolute blast. And, and again, it's going to be a, sort of a different vibe this year. And, and I pay a lot of attention to the NBA. I don't know how much you're into that or how much you're gambling on the NBA yourself. But when I look back at the bubble tournament they did for the playoffs, obviously the away teams kind of had, I don't want to say an advantage, but they weren't as affected, I think. I look at the Miami Heat as a team that cruised to the NBA Finals. They didn't have to go cross-country. They didn't have to go play on the road a whole bunch when they were the bottom seed or the lower seed. Do we think any of that type of effect is going to play into the games this year or no? Because generally we're playing neutral side ball anyway at tournament time. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about the NBA, the bubble, and this season too, you know, no fans. Kind of they changed it up, a, a shorter turnaround. I went back and pulled some numbers. So last year in the playoff bubble, underdogs end up finishing 41, 40, and 3 against the spread. So basically 50%. Uh, This season, underdogs, they started December and January covering about 54% against the spread, which is pretty good. Uh, But since February, it's down to 47% against the spread. So there are definitely factors outside of, you know, X's and O's that can impact the way players and teams perform. And you might see a situation where these underdogs are, are overperforming. But what the data shows you here in those numbers I just listed, those records, is that bookmakers are really good at adjusting, and they quickly catch up to what they're seeing on the court. So could there be some kind of bubble effect from this NCAA tournament? Yes, but by the time you probably identify it, so have the sports books, and that edge is already going to be gone. Yeah, that's what makes it so tough to beat Vegas, right? That edge goes away so quick, man. So when you're looking for your edge, why don't we start at the top? Let's talk about Gonzaga just sort of briefly here. They're the favorite coming in. They're the number one team. You know, it's funny is nobody wins it when they go in undefeated, right? This is what's so tough about college basketball is they get into the tournament. Maybe they're down by seven points, and they look around. There's two minutes left. They're like, boy, we haven't been in this situation in a couple of months, really. I go back to December since they played West Virginia, and it was a real close game. But they've got great guard play, Jalen Suggs. Should be a top five pick in the NBA draft this year. What do you make of their chances? What do you make of their odds as an undefeated team coming into the tourney? There's definitely some history going against Gonzaga. Indiana was the last team to complete an undefeated season in 1976. It's been six years since uh, the top overall seed, which is Gonzaga, has reached the final four, eight years since they've won it all. So 
again, history going against the Zags, but this team is so talented. Looking at BetMGM's odds, we have them as plus 200 favorites. So bet 100 to win 200. So they're the clear favorite. They have all the talent, but in a single elimination tournament, it's still incredibly difficult to go all the way. See, I look at that, and plus 200, like that's not a bad bet, I feel like, for a team that's maybe the favorite to win it all. But you mentioned that. It's a, it's a single elimination tournament. What do you make of those odds? Are those good odds for a team like this? Or, or would you say, hey, maybe maybe not at this point, a little too late to take them? They had better odds to start the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we opened them at plus 800. But, I mean, that was quickly chopped down uh, as it became very clear that this team was the best in the country. I mean, they were only plus 350 back in January, plus 250 in February. So the odds haven't moved much since the start of the season. Anyone sitting out there with a, you know, a plus 800 ticket has to feel pretty good about their chances. I mean, if you're just a casual college basketball fan, you're not really into betting individual games and you just want to bet that will give you some action and, you know, last, you know, for a long time throughout the tournament, you know, putting a little something on Gonzaga right now, just so you have some skin in the game, not a bad way to, uh, you know, make it even more fun and enjoyable to watch. Yeah, you're right, but it's tough to jump in there. It's not like they'll go down two games to none and then you can get some great value in a series, right? Because they can just get bounced right. here, uh, one and done here. Uh, so so in, in talking about these number one seeds, this is always a place where I get stuck. I love that first round of the tournament. Obviously, we get tons of games on, I guess it's this year, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. Four of the best days of sports of the entire year, four of the best gambling days of the entire year. But what do you ever make of those big spreads? Sometimes they feel like they're absolute gimmies. You've got the one time ever that uh, UMBC knocks off, what was it, Virginia a couple of years ago to, to take mm-hmm. down the number one seed. So obviously your number, your odds of, of winning a, a money line bet, they're pretty good. The odds would be terrible. What do you make of those big spreads for the number one seeds in the first round? Yeah, I went back and pulled some data just, you know, for a reference. So mm-hmm. since 2005, Favorites of 20 or more points in the NCAA tournament have gone 59-2 and two straight up. So you, the two losses you mentioned, Virginia. The other one was a few years before that. Mizzou was a number two seed. They lost to Norfolk State, which I'm a, a Mizzou fan, alumni. So that game still, it hurts. I think about that often, actually. More than I should for a guy that's in his 30s, married, and has kids. But, yeah, uh, so those are the two big upsets. These big favorites, they win. So if you see a 20-point favorite, Definitely, you'll move them forward in your bracket. When it comes to covering, though, that's a different story. Those teams are just 27 and 34 against the spread. So below 500 their record, it's just really hard to cover a big number. A lot of factors come in to play at the end. You know, motivation, if a team is up 25 points with a couple minutes left, do they really care if they give up a couple threes that, you know, swing the spread? No. They're moving on. They already know. So handicapping these big spreads, always a challenge. That's one thing that always gets in my head. I, I think about, man, this guy, you know, he might have gotten into a fight with his girlfriend last night, this kid. Now he's sitting here and he's like jacking up threes and uh, getting me backdoored or something at the back end of a game. So, uh, hey, and thinking about moving those one seeds on, oftentimes, you know, they're going to end up facing that one, that eight or that nine seed if they're moving on. Ohio State is a team that's intrigued me. I don't know. I look at them and I say they've got a tough road in the tourney. Obviously, they lose to in overtime to Illinois in that Big Ten tournament. Florida, Virginia Tech, Arkansas. Uh, super dangerous Texas Tech, all in their side of the bracket. Is the South bracket the toughest bracket in your eyes? Yeah, I think you can make a case. I also like the Midwest as maybe uh, that region of death, as they like to call it. you got Illinois, which I have going to the championship game. I have them winning it all as one of my most likely champions. They're, they're one of the four most likely favorites, according to the MGM's odds. Uh, you also have Oklahoma State that's a four seed, but they have the fifth best overall odds to win it. Uh, Leo Chicago, eight seed. They rank number nine in Ken Palm's adjusted efficiency. Georgia Tech just won the ACC tournament. So 
a lot of dangerous teams in the Midwest. How do you identify inflated lines? When you're looking through the lines, how, how is it that you look at something you go, man, this is, is it about where money's coming in on which side? Is it about, uh, you know, where, where the sharps, you know, you see the stuff about, especially on like Action Network, you'll see the sharps betting on one side, you'll see where the money's coming in on another. How do you identify the inflated lines in an attorney like this? I'm not as smart as I would like to be. So my <laughs> simple strategy is to use uh, crowdsource, take power rankings, projections from as many different sites and people I trust online and combine them. And if, if you, multiple sites, multiple models are all saying, you know, one team has value, then I, I can feel pretty confident that uh, that's a smart way to bet that game. Yeah, sometimes I get so scared of following the crowds too, right? Like be a contrarian, but don't pick all the underdogs, which is, I think is a problem I run into when, uh, when filling out my bracket, which brings me to the next question. Can you identify a team that's maybe a low seed, a 9, a 10, somebody like that? I think back to South Carolina a couple of years ago, they go out and they, they go to the Final Four. I think they were a 7 seed though, right? So give me a low seed you like this year, somebody who may make a little run. One team that sticks out to me is number 13, Ohio. Uh, they're facing number four, Virginia, in the West region. This Ohio team's just playing really well right now. They've won nine of their last ten. They won the MAC championship. This team is really strong offensively. They're ranked 13th in adjusted field goal percentage for Ken Palm. And they're going up against this Virginia team, which normally they're known for the defense, right? They've ranked in the top seven in adjusted efficiency each of the last seven years. But this year, they rank only 33rd. So still good, but not you know that truly elite defense that we've seen in years past. Also, Virginia's dealing with a ton of COVID issues, right? They had a missed the ACC tournament last week. There could be issues before this game coming up. This line's open nine and a half. It's down to seven and a half. So we've seen betters come in. So I like Ohio here. I have them advancing against Virginia. I, I bet them plus the points as well. Any team that can shoot the ball as well as the Bobs have a real chance, again, when you start talking single elimination tournaments, I love a team that can put up points. Has COVID played a role in affecting the lines? I mean, you mentioned about how it moved there, but simply just like not because they're missing a player, but maybe because they haven't played because of COVID. Has that adjusted lines or affected lines throughout this season? Yeah, the hardest thing for our trading team at BetMGM has just, they haven't been able to post lines as quick or as soon as they normally would because having to wait to see if uh, there's going to be COVID issues with a player or a team. So that, that's the, been the biggest adjustment that the training team has made, but they're always having to look for injuries. This is just kind of one more factor that they're considering. And then I identified one other team. I really like the road for them. I, I think I mentioned it to you uh, before we got going. Uh, number nine, St. Bonaventure. It's a team that could do some damage in the East region. Uh, they've got a winnable opening game, I think, against LSU. Uh, they're facing the most vulnerable number one right now in Michigan in the second round, potentially, if they get through that first round. What do you think of them, and, and are they a team you think could blow it up with a little run uh, in that region? Yeah, are you looking at my bracket? Because that is who, <laughs> that's exactly the team I have. For all the same reasons you said, I got them going to the Sweet 16. I have them facing Florida State, and I'm trying to decide if I have them beating FSU. I definitely like them against LSU. And uh, yeah, if you're going to pick a one seed to go out early, Michigan obviously is a nice pick. I mean, I, I said Ohio as a, you know, a, a higher seed. Mm-hmm. Another big seed that I think has a chance this year is number 12, UC Santa Barbara. They're facing number five, Creighton. This is in the West region. UC Santa Barbara has the Big West Player of the Year. They're really good at defending inside the arch. Uh, they're also a very good free throw team, which we know is key in March Madness when you get fouls late and that you need to move on. People are always looking for that 12 versus 5 upset, mm-hmm. right? Got to have at least one 12 moving on. But when I look 
at the 12, other 12 of our spots. I just don't think very many people are going to be picking UC Santa Barbara. And I, I went and looked on ESPN. You can see all the picks that have been made across all their bracket entries. Georgetown is a 12 seed. They're the most popular pick to win against the five. So I think a lot of people are going to be on Georgetown. Very few are going to have this 12 seed moving on. So if you want to gain a little bit of an edge in your bracket, that might be a good way to go. Yeah, or it goes the other way, right? And we just totally get blown up, which is which is the fun of the tournament, I think, man. Jim Rome's Gauchos is the 12, could be the uh, the team to pick. Hey, John, it's a lot of fun, man. We're, we're appreciating the BetMGM uh, relationship we've built with you guys, and it's been a lot of fun so far. I'm thrilled the tourney's back, and it was great to have this talk with you, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. And just so your listeners know, one of the best things about the tournament, you don't have to just wager all your own money. There's a bunch of free stuff you can do at BetMGM. One is a bracket we're putting together, a perfect bracket. You can win $2 million. The best overall bracket is guaranteed 100000 So go to BetMGM to check that out and to enter your free bracket. Fantastic stuff, dude. John Ewing, thanks so much for the time today, man. We'll catch up with you down the road. Maybe when we get closer to, uh, to the championship Monday, we'll, we'll check in with you again. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff. Thank you to John Ewing. That was a, a fantastic little breakdown. Lots of good numbers, lots of good stuff. And if you're a March Madness fan, odds are you've put a little money into a pool. Maybe it's an office pool. Maybe you're picking just by jersey colors or by mascots. But March Madness, one of the best times of the year. And it definitely means sports are back in full swing. But I'm going to side with John there. I don't know that the bubble is going to have as big of an effect on some of these underdogs, but he's right. By the time you get an edge or you identify an edge, it might be too late because these bookmakers have been following this stuff closely all year. They've also been paying attention to all the COVID stuff that's happening and trying to make those margins razor thin when it comes to moving those lines. So thank you to John. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening. We're having a lot of fun talking college basketball, and we'll do it again on Friday with Eamon Brennan, who covers basketball college hoops for the athletic about the weekend and what we should be paying attention to as we head into saturday sunday and even monday of next week as the second round wraps up until then everyone enjoy the week make your picks get your brackets filled out we'll talk to you friday